Peace, 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 peace. It's Andrew the Promised Child once again. How we doing, brothers and sisters? How we doing, kings and queens? Welcome to another episode of the ATPC Powerful Positive Talk. And today, I have a special guest, right? And matter of fact, this is my barber right here. How you doing, King? Doing great, doing great. Man, thank you for coming on the show, brother. Yeah, um, I'm honored because I know that you are very, very, very busy, brother. Right? So let's go ahead and get to these questions. Who is Paul? Paul is an entrepreneur, um, father, husband, God friend, man. Uh, someone just loves what he does, you know. And one of the main things that I do is help, you know, try to give back. So that's pretty much it. Okay, so where is Paul from? Um, this little town, uh, about an hour, 30, 40 minutes away, called Cumberland County, Virginia. Other side of Powhatan, uh, born and raised up that way, um, family there. So decided to move to Richmond, you know, a few years back, and, and now I'm here. Okay, how was it there? Uh, well, it was slow. Really didn't have a lot of opportunities. A lot of jobs didn't come, you know, our way. We had to go out. So, for example, most people that live in the country or in Cumberland County, they have to drive an hour to two hours away, either in Charlottesville, uh, Richmond, Malothian, or somewhere in those areas just to get a, a good, decent paying job. And, you know, in the commute, you know, if they didn't have anyone to carpool, they would have to drive every day. I did that when I first started. Mm. Barber, and I had to drive literally an hour and a half to work, then an hour and a half back to Cumberland. But I did it because I wanted to become you know, entrepreneur one day in, in Obama, you know. Dedication. Yeah, yeah. Dedication. So what was Paul doing before you started cutting hair? What was you doing? Construction. Okay. And I'm going to tell you a quick, quick story. I remember back in 2006, I was in the church, um, you know, I was working a construction job, and I was just trying to figure out, you know, do I want to do construction? You know, I was afraid of heights. I was working this job where I had to literally build scaffolding up in the sky, you know, and I was terrified. I would go to sleep at night and dream about falling off the scaffold. So I was like, I gotta do something different. It just happened, one of the deacons at the church that I was attending at the time, you know, I mentioned to him, because I was cutting hair, so I was like 12, 13, never took it serious, but cut all my friends, cousins, neighbors, everybody here. I did it for free just because I enjoyed doing it and they liked what I was doing. So ended up, you know, um, the deacon was like, um, so you say you want to get back into Bible? I was like, I got to do something different. So he went and talked to my previous mentor, um, the owner of Agape Barbershop, Mr. McGeorge, and he brought me in. He was like, look, if you want to learn how to cut, I'll put you in school. I'll get you behind a chair. We'll go to school, and you can still cut and learn under us. So what happened was this. I was laid off three months from the construction job. Didn't have no money. Decided I wanted to get back into barbering. Got connected with Mr. Mack, the owner of Agape Barbershop. And the day that he hired me, the construction job owner or the foreman called me and said, look, we're going back to work Monday. Are you ready? I had a choice to make. Move, to, drive to Richmond, an unfamiliar place that I didn't know anything about barbering, working in front of a lot of group of men, or going back to this construction job, something that I hated. So I said, you know what, I'm gonna step out on faith. And it reminded me of Abraham when he had to step out. 
you know, and go to a strange land, which God had told him he needed to go to. So I stepped out, came to Richmond, started barbering, and it was hard. All the other barbers were skilled, you know, and, and they they had time in it. I had to learn, mess up, do it over, get better. So make a long story short, I did it. I was dedicated. And, you know, it took some time, but I stayed at that shop for about 15, 16 years, and it was truly a blessing. So shout out to Agave Barbershop, you know? So, you know, and I stepped out, basically what I'm trying to say, you have to step out. If you want to become an entrepreneur or successful in life, you can't just wait, you know? Mm. You gotta step out on faith. You gotta do something that you never did before. You gotta go places that you never been before. That's the only way you're gonna come successful because you can't sit in a place where nothing has happened and they expect you to come to you, basically. Mm, mm, dropping gems right there, <laughs> brother teaching. <laughs> so um, I have a question for you, right? Yes, and um, this really for the young brothers and not just um, young brothers, but also people who come in home from prison and things like that. Do you help people like get certified? What I do, I do a apprenticeship program and that's how, you know, similar I got into bombing, but I was in school. But while I was there at the former shop, we did an apprenticeship program, and I actually ran it through that shop. So we are bringing in young people, um, black men, you know, brothers that have a desire to learn and a dedication to become a barber, and uh, you know, or hairstylist. So we'll bring them in, put them behind a chair, put them in the apprenticeship program, and mentor them, teach them how to cut hair, teach them how to deal with clients, teach them how to do certain things in the professional field how to run a business, not just cutting hair, mm. you know? So ended up, we done that. And thank God, you know, since I started the apprenticeship program here, I've already got one brother certified, you know? And I have another brother just completed the program. You know, he has a few more things he need to do, but eventually in the next few months, you know, we're looking for him to be certified, a licensed professional barber, entrepreneur, you know? And let me say this, and it's not about just keeping them in a chair paying me rent or, or commission. I want to see them go out and own their own barbershop mm. so they can duplicate what I did. And that's what it's about giving back, you know? Mm. So how long is the actual process? Meaning like, um, like, how long did you go to school to become a barber? And how long does it take to go through your program? Well, it was a little different when I did it, you know, because I stayed more behind a chair than I did in the books. And that's one thing I tell new barbers, don't worry about the money. Money's gonna come. Get those books in and, and learn and master your craft. You know, practice don't make perfect, but it's gonna make you great. The mm. more you do it, the better you're gonna get at it. And have a desire to say, I wanna be the best. You know, not that you're arrogant, um, you know, or proud or arrogant, but you know, you're just having that mindset to be better and to be great at what you do. So, you know, and I just love doing that. You know. So um, on this show, I ask people this all the time, right? Mm -hmm. Every show. What motivates Paul? What drives Paul? Family. You know, I thank God for my family. I got a beautiful wife. Um, I got four um, children, my children, even though they're adults. I got my oldest son. Um, then I have my, my son after him. Then I got two babies. You know, two boys, eight and six. And, you know, I thank God for all of them. But family, man, just 
want to leave a legacy for my kids. You know, when I leave here, I want them to be straight. You know, I want them to have that mindset that, you know, they can do anything, you know, so. Okay, so um, this is another question that I want to ask you, right? So you got an up-and-coming barber right now, right? And he's in somebody else's shop. He would like to know, how do I go about getting my own shop? Well, you need to you need a mentor, basically. You know, uh, going to school, business school can definitely teach you the basics. But until you really get into that environment, running a business is not hard, especially when you're over a group of men and, and you know you're mentoring them or you're renting them a chair because you have different personalities. You have different ways. And you got to learn how to deal with every person differently, you know. And so the basic... Basically, you know, just, um, of course, um, school is good for business, but when you really dive into it and have a mentor, someone that have been through it and owned a business and a successful business, just model after them and do what they did. Ask questions, you know. All right, so how do you balance out being a father, being a husband, and being a barber, and so many other things that you do. How do yeah. you balance that out? Because I know a lot of people would like to know that because some people, man, they, they kind of, you know, they get stressed out trying to do all those things, you know? Well, that's uh, that's not a hard question. I agree to say it's kind of hard, but it's a hard thing uh, to do starting out. You know, when you're talking about managing, you know, when you got a family to take care of, you know, and you're, and you're going to school, you're learning about becoming an entrepreneur and becoming a barber. It's hard. You got to juggle. You need money. You know, sometimes some people, they did part-time, they done part-time jobs and they worked at nights and they cut hair during the day. But what I tried that, it didn't work for me. I said, either I'm going to be a hundred percent in it all, or I'm just not, not going to do it at all. So I, I did it. I went to school. I learned within the first year I was in it and I was doing good, had a good clientele. And been barbering now professionally for over 18 years, mm. you know. So definitely, you know, at first it's going to be hard, you know, because you got bills to pay, you got a family to take care of, and you want to be at home with your family, but you know you got to be at work. You got to be putting in those hours of your trade to learn and to build of what you're trying to do, basically. So in the beginning it's going to be hard, but as you manage and you, and you get better, you can build your clientele, you can learn how to make appointments, you know. Um, you can learn how to manage your time. You know, you can learn how to, you know, when it's time to close, close. You know, all money ain't good money. You don't need to be in a shop 8, 9 o'clock at night. You know, you're going to bring a certain traffic that you don't want. But if you're there doing business hours, you put your all into it. When you cut off, trust me, people, they'll be there tomorrow. They'll come back, you know. So explain to me, um, how is it like being a father? I know you said you already said that it motivates you, but this is for like new fathers, right? What advice would you give to them? Right? Well, time. and what is like being a father? Being a father is great. You know, I'm 48 now and I got two babies. I started all over again. I got two grown men sons, but I started all over again because you know I wanted to. I felt like at my age now I could give more time. You know, it's more wisdom and knowledge understanding that I can pour into them, you know? And so being a father is amazing. It motivates me to get up in the morning and motivates me to, you know, to put my all into my work and to my craft. Cause I want them to see, you know, their dad can do it. They can do it, you know? Mm -hmm. And not only that, man, I, I have so many gifts and talents, you know, I buy some and trade, I sell cars, 
electronics. Uh, you know, it's a gift that God blessed me with. You know, they call me the, the hustle man of the barber shop. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah, so I just asked you that question because question because I'm not a father yet. Right. So I just wanted to ask, you know, someone that I know right. as a father. And the main life. thing, too, as long as you, the Bible says the train of a child in the way he should go. You know, when he was old, he should not depart from it. If you raise them in the admiration of God and you teach them the fear of God, you teach them the love of God, like my two youngest boys, eight and six, they made up their own mind that they wanted to give their life to God. They went to the altar, gave their life to God, got baptized in Jesus' name, and been going to church and love it. You know, so if you show them an example, they'll follow. You know, not that when they get old, older they won't depart but they'll always be able to find their way back if that's instilled inside of them you know? okay oh great that's a great answer so i hear you talk about god a lot right and i already know you personally uh right. brother paul get in here get the preaching to get him started <laughs> right so when did you actually give your life to christ uh i was young i remember always being raised in church but um you know quick story at the age of 28, I was out in the world, in the street, doing it and everything I was big and bad enough to do. Illegal stuff, so I don't have to go into details, but it was wrong. Things could have sent me to prison. And I remember the age of 28. Uh, my father and I was real close, and uh, he was a pilot. He owned his own private plane, and he invited me to come up to watch him mid-flight, which means the taxi rather up and down the um, highway. Um, down the runway. He wasn't going to take off. He just wanted to tax it. So I went up there, but I had a strange feeling like something bad was going to happen to me because I'm out in the world. I'm doing all this stuff, you know, that could get me killed or get me sent to prison. So make a long story short, I seen my father get killed in a plane crash in mm. 2002. He went up 250 feet in the air, lost control of his plane and crashed behind Lunenburg Airport. I tried to get to him. I couldn't get to him. The cell didn't have no service. I jumped in the car, ran to the nearest house, and told him to call 911. My father just crashed his plane. They got there. They wasn't able to get to him. They had to cut a ride away. Channel 12 News is there. Helicopters, ambulance. They were still alive. They mid-flighted him to MCV. Time I got there, the, the, the clergyman and the doctor called me into this room and told me, said, I'm sorry to tell you, son, but you just lost your father. That broke me down. And that was the only thing that changed my life. And I remember going to bed that night and God telling me these words. He said, son, if you don't come back to me now, you will never make it back. I made my mind up, gave my life to the Lord, got back in church. Um, God blessed me, used me, did ministry, you know, and, and God has been blessed ever since. You know, we all got a lot to work on. You know, I'm, I'm, my mission is to get back into full-time ministry, you know, that's my goal and my mission, you know, because I know that's what God called me to do. But that's how, you know, I got into, you know, into the church and, and into ministry and, and just getting my life saved because I truly believe and know if I wouldn't have went back then, we wouldn't be here having this interview and this conversation now. I would have probably been dead, you know. Sorry for your loss. Yes, sir. Thanks. Sorry. Um, I would like to ask you this question. Uh -huh. What advice do you have for a young man right now who's out, he's in the streets, he's trying to figure his life out, and he's just struggling? What advice do you have for him right now if he was sitting right here in his chair? I would tell him, first of all, 
is not as bad as it looks. And what I mean by that, the enemy always throws a perception out there into the world that you're hopeless. But God gives us hope, you know, and it's opportunities there. God will lead you and direct you to the place where that person or those people are there to help you. Once you make your mind up, say, I don't want to, you know, um, go through this situation. I'm going to make a change in my life. Just pray and ask God for guidance, and he will lead you to where you need to go. You know, and that's the main reason why I do, like, apprenticeship and ministry in those areas, because I want to help those type of people get to where they need to be. Okay. Um, Another question. I meant to ask you this earlier. Do you have to have a business license to be a barber? You don't have to have a business license, but you got to have a barber's license. Okay. That's the difference. You know, I have a master's barber license because I've been cutting so long. But, you know, as long as you have a business, I mean, I'm sorry, a barber's license, mm -hmm. you don't need a, a, a business license only for to own a, a barber shop, a brick and mortar building, you know. Okay. Yeah, so, you know, but barbering is different. Yeah. Gotcha. So what advice do you have for a struggling entrepreneur right now? Keep pushing. Mm. And I'm going to say that this one thing that I see that you do, no matter what it looks like, busy, non-busy, clients, no clients, you steady pushing, you steady going forward. And that's a great example to people like me and others that's watching, you know. Sometimes we can talk, but we don't have no action. But when you have action, all your words, you know what I'm saying, is there. Everything is there, mm. you know. And just something that I wanted to ask you personally. How does Paul go about getting clients? Because you're the hustle man. Well, God has blessed me in my life now. Well, it's different now, too. Back in the day, you had to pass out cards. You had to put flyers on people's windows, windshields. You had to go out there and talk. You know, you couldn't just wait to sit in the barber's chair. But you got social media. You got Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. Take pictures of your haircuts, throw them online, do a discount, you know what I'm saying, to get the kids in or whatever. It's a lot easier now. But if you can just, you know what I mean, go forward with it, and put your content out there. People, if they like what you're doing, they're going to support it. All right. So we're ready to uh, wrap up. And I want you to give any motivational quote, whatever, to somebody right now. Inspirational quote, whatever you got to say to the people. Yeah. Well, if you look right over there on the wall, I don't know if you want to take a picture of it before you leave or, or zoom, on it, zoom in on it. It says, with God, all things are possible. If you put God first, it ain't nothing that you cannot accomplish in your life. You know, if you if you make your mind up and say, I want to be successful in life and I want to be healthy, I want to be wealthy, and you put God first and all your ways acknowledge him and allow him to direct your path, it ain't nothing that you can't accomplish in your life. Yes, sir. So uh, how can we get in contact with Paul? How can they get a cut from you? Uh, how can they get a car from you? <laughs> yeah, well, you can find me on social media, media uh, Instagram, um, No Average Cuts Barbershop. I use this app called The Cut that you can download from um, Apple Play Store or Android. It's called The Cut. And then you just type in, once you sign up with your username and email and uh, password, you just type in No Average Cuts Barbershop. And you'll find me on there. You can look at my haircuts. You can look at my reviews. You can look at my work. And you can decide for yourself. I think you'll be very pleased with that. All right. Do you have a Facebook? 
Same thing under uh, Paul Hogan. You okay. Can find it. Yep. And I have the business there too, the Life Respects Barbershop. Well, Brother Paul, I thank you. Oh, one more thing before we uh, let you go. Uh -huh. Where are you located? 7443 Malokin Turnpike, behind the Bojangles and Arby's, right beside Foremost Sales in this building called Salon Plaza. All right, so I say this to everybody before I let them go. Remember that you're powerful. Remember that you're awesome. Remember that you can do all things and keep on pushing and don't you ever stop. And I thank, thank you, you for taking the time, man, because you're a very busy brother. And I'm really honored to uh, get this interview, man. Appreciate it. Really. Appreciate it, too, man. Keep thank doing you. what you're doing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Peace. Peace.